Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not Hi everybody and welcome to the RHAP B&B for episode 10 of Survivor Island of the Idols. My name is Mike Bloom here to get into everything about this past split tribal council of season 39, but we are not split up this week. Myself and my co-host Liana Boris are back together. Liana, how goes our new alarm clock system of putting rats on people's faces? <laughs> uh, so far, no complaints. A few bubonic plague cases, but nothing we can't handle. And I know that we're technically in the Big Brother offseason, though I guess if you check the Instagram of Julie Chen Moonves, uh, you might dispute that notion. But we're so happy to have this guy make his B&B debut. You may know him from Big Brother 12, but also from many, many, Rob has a podcast, podcast, both Big Brother and otherwise. Matt Hoffman, welcome to the B&B. How you doing, man? Hey, great. Oh, I'm sure everybody knows me from Big Brother 12, right? Your entire <laughs> audience is just massive fans of decade old Big Brother season. Listen, you'd be surprised considering how much like survivor random history that we get into on this podcast. You never know how many ingrained uh, RHAP fans are, are just listening along and freaking out the idea of the evil genius himself talking to us, us on the B&B. Hey, I'm always happy to pick up a few extra new straggler fans and uh, stretch out that relevancy a little bit. So thank you, too, for uh, bringing me out to this world of Survivor. Yeah, we can get you a few more seconds of fame, but that's it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yeah, I think, I'll take four. some Survivor scraps in my uh, okay. Twitter, Twitter feed. Yeah, we're just, we're just adding stuff to your like uh, reality TV fame shot clock at this point. Fame, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Well, before we get you know uh, too, too far into the episode, Matt, it is customary for our new guests to sort of give their Survivor resume. And we were just talking offline a bit before we recorded here. I would love for you to give your fans, both old and new, a sort of your background on Survivor. Because I would say, you know, we are uber nerds on this podcast. We like to get into the nitty gritty of this near 20-year-old franchise. But I know that you sort of approach the show a bit differently, especially compared to uh, its sister show in Big Brother. 
Yeah, yeah, I was talking to you guys about this. So uh, I've watched Survivor almost every season. There was a block in the middle right around like uh, All Stars 2. I missed that and maybe like uh, a few, uh, like five episodes or five seasons on either end of that. And But other than that, I've seen every season. But like we're Big Brother, I am obsessed. And when the show ends, I have to I have to go online. I got to go on Reddit. I got to when the season's over. I got to see these people fuck up their lives and I love it and all this stuff. I, Survivor, I don't care. That when the hour of TV is over, I'm, I turn. I'm done and I stopped thinking about Survivor. It takes me like at least three quarters of the way through the season before I even know most of the characters' names. And sometimes I don't even know their names even at the, by the finale. So to be I'm fair, just, some I'm, of the contestants themselves, it takes about three quarters of the season to remember the people <laughs> yes. on their own tribe. <laughs> yeah, and tribe names. Like, it's so funny. Every season of Survivor, they, they do the merge and people are like, oh, well, I was this tribe and now I'm this tribe. I'm like, who the how do you even remember? I don't know what tribes any of these people were at because the names are so wacky all the time and stuff. So, yeah, uh, I'm just very much like a loose TV viewer, but I enjoy it. I find it very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, well, that's OK. I mean, in terms of the tribe name stuff, I get the colors and that's the only way I can remember. I have never, I think, once remembered a tribe name. So that's, you know, that's standard. So then just- and like it's hard. It's hard to because Survivor, I should say, I find Survivor kind of superior in recent years to Big Brother. Uh, maybe not the last two Big Brothers, but like prior to the last two Big Brother years, about the five years before that Survivor just totally blew it out of the water. But the thing with Survivor, why it makes it hard for me to remember people is like, Big Brother casts total, absolute nut jobs, like lunatics. Their characters are clowns. So, like, it's easy to be like, oh, that's that nut job and this nut job. And you kind of remember them. Whereas Survivor, you'll all, you might get like one wacky. Like, the, I think the chick this season who's the wacky one is the, uh, she's the loud mouth. She won immunity this week. Nora. Yeah. Yeah. So she's kind of like the kook, but you always get like a kook. And then most people are gamers and they're players or they're athletes. Or they're, they're more like normal people who are having this experience now. And then, you know, who less give a shit about Instagram followers and stuff like that. So uh, it's a it's harder for me to remember these kind of just like normal good strategists. Well, on that note, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's interesting, though, because I believe Nora had a pretty big Instagram following going into the show. So maybe that's the thing is that, you know, she isn't caring about Instagram followers. So she decides to be the kook in that moment. I like the kooks. I mean, you need some kooks. Survivor should get some more kooks. Yeah, well, the way that I can tell the kookiness level is going on Cameo.com and looking at the cameos of the Big Brother versus Survivor contestants. I did this last week, and the Big Brother contestants are certifiably insane, and their cameos prove that. The Survivor contestants are far more normal. Oh, so like the actual content of the cameo? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm so fascinated. What did you find? What was your findings? (laughs) No, I mean, the, the Survivor people, it's like, oh, hey, happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. Super super boring and then the big brother people are going on rants about random nonsense that just pops into their lives so, oh my god my cameos are like five minutes long they fucking don't even go they've oftentimes <laughs> i recently i recently got a one-star cameo review and they got all upset with me i think i just, I just like i was too much maybe but i'm like well what do you do you paid me I mean, yeah. so so then I, I i had to redo it i redo it for the guy and he wrote me a script he's like just say this so now i'm like why are you paying this is like idiotic i'm just kind of like so i it was like two sentences and i said two i just said these two sentences and then he he redacted his uh, one star review and gave me a five star review for this. i'm like all right i guess if that's what you want Wow, that's so crazy to hear that, though, about the Survivor versus Big Brother. It's funny. We are so just we need ourselves. We're so like into ourselves. Oh, it's amazing. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's let's sort of segue here into Island of the Idols, because, I mean, this has been such an up and down season in terms of gameplay. And I think obviously one of the big stories of this episode is 
I think if you take it in an isolated incident, uh, if you, I wouldn't say necessarily forget the events of last week, but look at it as just a general episode of Survivor, it was pretty fun, right? There was some kooky Nora antics, to your point, Matt. You know, I think that going into the episode, people thought, okay, Karishma and Janet were in trouble. Karishma and Janet themselves thought they were in trouble. And then, boom, two of the people who were really at the top of this powerful alliance, or at least we thought they were, end up going out in these two pretty brutal blindsides. But of course, the big thing is the way the show decided to handle the issues of last week or lack thereof. So, Liana, I I would love to hear from you first, because obviously both us and, you know, uh, the survivor community at large really got into the magnanimity of those issues last week. What did you think about, you know, the choice, I would say, uh, for the show to not necessarily make notice of either, you know, what happened last week or, you know, the reaction to it from the internet. I mean, I, yeah, it seemed like it didn't even happen. And I kind of get the the decision to not belabor the point if they feel like, well, there's no reason at least for us to bring it up now if it's not necessarily related to what's happening in the game, like if that's what they're trying to show. But it definitely felt like something was missing. But then I don't know what they would have included. You know, we don't have this nice, neat little bow that can be tied about the story. Um, so it was just sort of odd to really not have it addressed. But like I said i don't know what they would have done it's it's weird because the players themselves and granted this is from my perspective based on the edit from my what i've seen i don't want to necessarily put thoughts in in everyone's heads but it does seem at least from my perception that the actual players themselves said okay we address this dan situation it seems like everyone is on okay terms even someone like janet at least projects this this idea of Okay, you know, I'm, I send my piece. I'm happy with it. I'm ready to move on though to the point where her and Dan sort of end up mending fences this episode. So it's, it's weird in that the players themselves have seemed to actually just get back into game mode and maybe just sort of, uh, not necessarily dote on the internet. I know as I was speaking with uh, Nick Yadanza of Australian Survivor fame and he sort of told me that sometimes when you're out there on the island and, and a big brouhaha can happen, even something as serious as this, like, Sometimes in the game of Survivor, you just sort of have to let the incident go and move on with the game. And I think where unfortunately the incongruity comes up is the fact that, you know, the players didn't necessarily have all the information and they sort of had to get back into game mode, but the audience didn't. You know, we had access to what we think is all the information, which has caused very justifiable outrage from last week. And so it really causes this weird sort of dichotomy of, okay, the in-game narrative has decided to move on from the Dan incident, but the out-game narrative doesn't. And maybe that's where, like, having Jeff come on in the first 30 seconds and be like, hey, guys, you know, we, we heard uh, your response about last week, and I, I want to apologize for that or give, like, resources for people, for victims of sexual assault and sexual harassment. Or, I guess, in-game, if you, like, make Dan invisible. I mean, Dan was, like, a, a pretty, you know, integral part of at least... Uh, the purple group this episode so it might have been tough to do but those are a couple of solutions that I saw but I agree it's it's not exactly the most clear-cut situation to handle and I think for the intents and purposes of this podcast I think we're going to try to acknowledge this episode as an isolated incident but I think we still acknowledge the fact that it felt really odd to go back to you know just the normal survivor everyday stuff when outside of the game and looking at the community as a whole like this is something that we're not going to forget for a very very long time maybe ever 
Mm. Yeah, I, I guess, Matt, did, how did you feel about this episode? I mean, because, you know, if you with your sort of lack of external um, content, right, like how did it feel going from last week's episode, which was kind of crazy to then sort of what is, quote unquote, normal survivor? Yeah. So to me, uh, this is yeah, they, this is a story I'm watching. I, I don't go offline. I don't go and follow the fan reactions or anything. So my expectations are set as I'm watching a show where I don't know. 10 or 15 years ago, the season twist was to separate the cast by races. Mm, yeah. And, you know, I'm like, what am I fucking expecting out of this? I, this is, I don't watch Survivor for, a, you know, a moral lecture. I think they addressed it in a way that was actually probably better than I would have expected out of even Survivor last week to do. Uh, and the fact that Survivor moved on and continued the story that they were telling me to finish out the season is what I would have expected from survivor. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, I, I, as I understand it, the fans are outraged, outraged, you know, and and maybe it sounds like they would have wanted it to continue. This is the first I'm even hearing of that, that people are like, Oh, why didn't they say anything? But I would have never expected it just out of survivor. (laughs) It's, I don't know. It's like, it's just a reality TV show telling a story. And they've done a lot of sleazy things in the past too, that uh, don't make me, they're not like the beacon of moral sensitivity. (laughs) Right. Like, like, I don't know what I expected. Like, this is fine. They did better than I thought. Yeah, they did. Okay. For sure. (laughs) So no doubt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. So like I said, you know, we are are definitely going to get into talking about this episode just in general, but I don't want us to come across as like insensitive to those who said, you know, I can't enjoy this episode or the rest of the season. uh, If Dan is still there, like I totally understand those feelings and it did feel weird to not have the show address it. But, you know, we want to talk about this episode because I mean, it was a pretty crazy one. I mean, I I would just call this episode like the downfall of Missy, right? Because I I feel like there have there hasn't really been a, a lead up to this. She seemed to be in a pretty powerful position to the point where you know she did those pretty morally distasteful actions last week uh, with Kelly's uh, you know feelings towards Dan. But I mean, she got her legs cut out from under her uh, by Karishma, who doesn't have a watch, but you know she's got a lot of baggage against Missy and she's going to finally uh, boot her out of the game in this moment. It, it was just, I, I still cannot believe that this happened. And, and you know, uh, we'll definitely take more time to get into it than Missy took the time to hug each and every person and give them extra imparting words on the way out before uh, Jeff snuffed her torch. But I mean, this was a weird, weird episode in every sense of the word. Hey, what's the fan sentiment on Missy? Because I have my opinions, but what, what are, do people dig her? Are people, is she too much? I mean, from what I've seen, it seems like the consensus is that she's too much, or at least that if it's a minority, it's a vocal minority. Um, I think people liked her in the beginning, but then especially with the way that, you know, she acted last week. And then I think this week also kind of rubs people the wrong way. So at least from what I can tell, it's not super positive. Yeah, it's, it's so I had the opportunity uh, to, you know, talk with Missy and Aaron over email this week for interviews. And I think that, you know, having Missy be able to express her perspective, at least, I think brought some people around. You know, I think some people are granted, again, you know, what her and Elizabeth did specifically was very morally reprehensible. And I think even she acknowledges that. But I I do feel like the sentiment in general towards this whole situation might be turning a bit away from blaming them solely and more so on to, you know, sharing the blame between them and Dan and especially production for the way that they handled things particularly. So I would say that 
some people might have warmed up to Missy as of late, but I would say that, you know, her episode this week was not great. I mean, I, I don't want to, like, cast it overall opinion, because there definitely were a lot of people that were like, oh my god, she is bullying, you know, she's being really mean and vicious to Karishma, but there are also some people that are like, Missy's a fantastic villain. I would love to see her come back, and not to sound, you know, uh, super insensitive to those who who did feel done with Missy after the terrible things that she did to Kelly and to Janet in an effort to get further in the game. Her character interests me profoundly. I know that Missy herself tweeted earlier in the season, like, am I a villain? And I'm going to answer, like, yeah, you kind of were a villain this season, but it was really interesting to watch. Uh, it was not the happiest content, but I thought she was a really interesting character, almost in, like, how in-game mode she was. I feel like, it, unfortunately, it's it's very uh, it's very seldom that we see, like, a female, quote-unquote, game bot on Survivor, and we sort of got that this season. No, I love Missy. I thought she was like the best. She is. She's to me like she's she's one of those players. And I love the quality in a player, whether it's Survivor or Big Brother, that is like they just they just do whatever they just do whatever they need to do and say whatever they need to say. And they just play they just play the game and they understand that like they they, they might not even be representative of them. They're like, they're doing what they need to do in the situation of a game. And I feel like I, it's, I'm on, it's unfortunate. She got out when she did, cause she would have been so fun, I think to watch. And I would absolutely love to see her back. And I think it's, it's too bad that that characteristic that I just described that I liked had to manifest itself in the way that it did in the prior episode. Like, mm. like that those qualities of her had to happen in a situation of harassment like that. Whereas those same qualities could have happened in a totally more harmless situation. And I think, it would have been cool if she was in a different season and all that shit wasn't going on because she has those characteristics that make her such a fucking fun player to, to have watched play, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, she is intense and that's what's really cool about her, her style of play. It could be, you know, overbearing to some, but she just goes balls to the wall all out and that's what's crazy about watching her play and I think that's part of the reason why she was perceived as a villain uh, because of that level of intensity. And one thing I don't like and this is just kind of about like maybe like watching reality TV in this day and age, but like the whole idea that she was bullying uh, that, that other person whose name I don't remember. Uh, yes, Krisha. And, uh, and I, I don't think she was uh, at all. I think she was talking very direct. I think when she was kind of explaining it later on and she's like, you know, I just, I was excited because I saw that, you know, I had an opportunity to save you and you were on your way out. And whether that was BS at the time or not, I get that. Like, I think that's how she was talking to her. Like, Oh my God, check this out. Here's what we can do. And, and so uh, just this whole idea of bullying, I don't think she's being bullied. I don't care if you don't like Missy. I do. And if you don't, too bad. Then we, we disagree. That's that. Uh, I just I feel like it's hard to watch reality TV now because it's hard to get these villainous characters. People like they, when people are starting to be what I consider to be very, very interesting and fun, the public goes, oh, they're mean and they're bullies and they're, you know, they shouldn't be like this. And it's like, no, 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 this is exactly what I grew up on. This is like the reality TV that I loved. It's really interesting because I think with the Karishma and Missy stuff, for me, you know, I, I really talk a lot, especially with International Survivor, about this idea of content versus intent of like, Missy, you know, I think what she approached Karishma was a logical argument of like, hey, I'm going to keep you in the game because you, me and Elizabeth are going to vote against Tommy. But for some reason, whether it was the way she came across or I guess Christmas perception of how she came across, like it just came on way too strong and way too cold to the point where this was sort of like the breaking point for Karishma. And you see her just like literally physically try to escape from her 
uh, in that moment. And so I, I do feel like, unfortunately, like one of Missy's downfalls, and she even acknowledges it to Krishma and then completely backtracks into the confessional where she's like, yeah, I was saying I was sorry, blah, blah, blah. But essentially, I think it's just, unfortunately, the way that Missy has sort of approached Karishma the entire season. And I do love from a storytelling perspective that all the way back in episode four, we had Missy be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to keep Karishma in my back pocket. Like, Chelsea, I can I can get rid of. And a lot of us questioned that move at the time. And sort of the Piper got paid here in that, you know, finally Missy's like, OK, I'm going to cash in on this opportunity. Use Karishma as my extra vote. But Karishma broke out of the back pocket. And stole Missy's pants and basically said, no, 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 you need to get out of here now. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think, you know, understanding if, if you're going to play the game, understanding how people need to be handled like Karishma was not that's not the way that you need to handle her. But Missy had been treating Karishma that way in the tribal council since that episode four. She was like, oh, yeah, I've crushed my back pocket. Let me like shit all over Karishma during our tribal council. So I don't know if that was finally Karishma was just like at with end when it came to dealing with Missy. She was very clearly over it. I loved her her clap back, though, with the. Uh, when Missy was like, oh, what time can I talk to you? And Christian was like, I don't know. I don't have a watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think Karisha's getting like a very, like where they could arc her story into a, a winner's edit in a very easy way at this point in the season. But do I, but I do not feel oddly that she has a shot at winning. Do you guys think she could win? Yeah. But the edit is, the edit is leading me to believe that that might be what goes on. Yeah. I mean, this episode particularly, cause I'd say she's been pretty invisible, I think since, uh, the swap days when she was really on the chopping block a lot. And to your point, Liana, just briefly about like the Missy thing at Tribal Council, you know, Jamal brought up in my exit interview with him last week about how apparently this season their behavior at Tribal Council is okay, there's going to be a real vote and a decoy vote. We're going to set up a smoke screen by completely throwing the decoy vote under the bus throughout all of Tribal Council. We even saw this episode where you have like Dan immediately digging into Janet in that first tribal council uh, to the point where Aaron's like, okay, Janet's definitely going home. And then boom, blindside, the person doesn't expect it. And so I guess maybe this happened to Karishma like one too many times because she was the decoy vote so much. She was just tired of getting crapped on at tribal council, even if they were keeping her. But to your question, Matt, I mean, this was a big episode for Karishma. We got, you know, her tearful confessional about like how I realized, you know, I really do love my husband and I'm so lucky to have him. She finds an idol. She does not play it in this episode. So that means she has that in her back pocket, not necessarily as an extra vote. It would be a weird sort of edit, especially since to your point, Matt, I don't know if people necessarily still feel like Krishma is a a winner candidate at this point. Boston Rob put that like everyone wants to take Krishma to the end because they think they can beat her. But weirder things have happened on Survivor. And this is a very weird season. Uh, So I wonder, you know, maybe Edge of Extinction could have like just changed the game in terms of editing where maybe someone like a Krishma or hell, even a Nora could end up winning this whole thing, whereas people who have more of a traditional winner's edit, like a Tommy, might end up being surprisingly snubbed. I think Christian has just such poor social skills. And I don't mean like even a social game necessary. Like sometimes she doesn't have her head in like particularly this episode. She's had her head in the game. She made good decisions. But she's just so like if you if you are a believer that when it comes down to final three and you're giving your speeches and jury questioning, if you're a believer that that matters, I think Christian is gonna tank. I think she's got really, really just terrible 
skills of just social expression and uh, just dealing with people. I, it's, she's come across very poorly. And I think that's an asset when it comes to getting the vote in the end. But maybe I'm wrong because you guys are way bigger fans than me. So I don't know. Yeah, well, we know. Uh, I think that Karishma, in terms of the editing, I could see it. I could see them telling that story of this is how Karishma wins. You know, we've followed her the entire time. She's had content throughout, you know, this season. We saw her early, you know, maybe a little bit missing in the middle. Um, I guess my biggest question, though, is whether or not she can get the respect of the people in the jury. And that I don't think so much. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm getting at, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we have this mythical goat army that's being formed next episode. Like, maybe that's what it takes. Uh, This idea of sort of, Matt, to make a Big Brother comparison, sort of like the exterminators of Big Brother 15, where you sort of had not to say that all those people were goats at a certain point, but you definitely had sort of these like more B tier players. Uh, you know, who are not necessarily the ones dictating every vote being like, no, I think we have the numbers. Let's get together and run this thing. Maybe the goat army could do that. And maybe if Karishma is the one who ends up sort of uh, getting a lot of the credit for that stuff, it could be the case. We only have like four episodes left, so it would have to be a hell of a turnaround from a player perspective. Uh, but who knows? I mean, again, like anything could happen. I would not say that Aaron and Missy would have been primed to go home before this episode. There are two people in the game playing right now. I don't know anything about them. I couldn't tell you that I can describe them to you. I don't know that a storyline of theirs. I don't know like anything. One of them is it's a white dude. I guess he's very plain looking. Uh, oh, that's a plain looking white dude. I don't know who I'm talking is, about. Is it the red or is it the other guy? No, he's not a red. He's very plain. He's just oh, like so a normal, a, normal white dude. Okay, and then there's a, a a black chick who always looks like she's real sleepy. Uh, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren. I don't know. I don't know. She's got real long hair. Yeah, yeah that's Lauren. Right. Nothing, like either. Of the, I'm like, I don't know. Occasionally, I'll see him in the background, like you know, like laying around. I'm like, oh, who are these people? They're the extras. I'm all yeah. here for like Matt like, Hoffman. Like, um, them can win, right? There's I, no I, way. I love win. being like the police sketch artist to Matt right now. Like, yeah, I mean, he's a kind of like a plain looking guy who doesn't have red hair, and we have to like draw them out and try to describe them. <laughs> that should be the game we should have played. Yeah, no, that's li- that's honestly, it's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, Mike, this is the best game we've ever played on the PBS. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll describe the survivor contestant, and you guys draw it, and we'll see. It. Yeah. Oh boy, it's the best game of Pictionary ever. Uh, well, let, let's start getting into our usual fare here on the BNB. Liana, Aaron and Missy, I think, whereas Missy in particular was like a big favorite in the preseason. And I would actually say for the for most of the pre-merge as well uh, until, you know, things happened last week. But how did you think, I guess we'll start with Aaron first, uh, but how did you think he would do preseason? Okay, so Matt, just to orient you, Aaron was voted out this week. <laughs> yeah, I like that guy. Time. He was like, okay. yeah, yeah, he was a cool dude, he seemed. Okay, good. Uh, so uh, he, Mike, in your preseason interview with him, when you asked what soup he was, he answered the red Manhattan clam chowder. Um, so just FYI. And uh, I had him making the pre-jury. So Aaron came on strong in the early stages of the game, forming the clam chowder alliance. Unfortunately for Aaron, the first swap separated the clam, a.k.a. Aaron, from the chowder, a.k.a. the rest of his alliance. The Alphabet Soup Alliance had control and easily targeted Aaron as the odd clam out. Aaron made a desperate plea using his challenge strength as a selling point, but to no avail. Uh, we're we're going to have to do another entire podcast just to explain to Matt what the past 30 seconds were. <laughs> yeah, you guys all right? Am I, are we still doing the same thing we've been doing? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I realize that now. That <laughs> like, oh, there's a lot of bizarre. Yeah, we're switching gears here. Now. Yeah. So basically, we're not talking about soup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I had a not a similar story for Aaron. I also thought Aaron was going to make the pre-merge just because, uh, you know, since I was on set for this preseason, I got to see the first tribal council, and the thing I left Fiji with was him being the only other person left out of the vote besides the person who went home in Ronnie. So I thought, oh man, Aaron's pretty screwed on this tribe full of gamers. So I thought he'd like make it another couple of votes due to his challenge strength, but I, I was pretty sure that he was not long for this world. But I did say that he would show off the kids on his socks at least once, which he was able to do. <laughs> am, yes. I, am I understanding this? Did I just hear that you were went to Fiji and watched the tribal council? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So I. Is this for really? You guys fucking. No, no. Around. I, I no, did. did. I did preseason press. So I went out there. I interviewed all these people. I got to play a challenge. I got to go to that first tribal council in the premiere episode. So I, Holy I shit. watched the first three days this season. Wow. Did that plan? Did any of those plain people stand out to you at the time? <laughs> a lot of them so. did. <laughs> The white guy, you did? Well, I was going to say, Dean Dean set out for a different reason, and that, like, everyone else had these crazy stories, and Dean was just Dean. So I guess of he was. Of course like, he did. He's Who is he? Yeah, right? so he just sort of stood out by not sitting out. But I think, you know, I did not expect the whole, like, Detective Dean weirdness going on in Sergeant Dean and the Goat Army that we're going to get next time. Uh, but Missy was, you know, a big person that stuck out for her story. I don't know if you remember, Matt, but Missy had, like, a nine-month brain tumor. Uh, that she I didn't do remember that. Yeah, yeah, that she didn't know about. Uh, so she came in with this crazy story. Uh, so I, I thought Missy was going to be a finalist. I had her making my perspective final three. I said she would use the word dope at least once in her final tribal council speech. Uh, but I did say that she would be like the runner up who gets seen as too shrewd as someone who mm-hmm. like was too cold and calculating and cut too many people. Uh, so you know, she maybe she'd get hailed by the internet as like the deserving winner, but she would just come up short. Liana, how did you think Missy would do? Um, So I had Missy making the jury um, and she said that she would be any soup that she needs to be. So she thought that she would be very, um, you know, um, uh, adapt her strategy. Um, And so I said that Missy had a strong run in the game using her multi-soup strategy. She was an alphabet soup for a while, a clam chowder when needed, and even one time a chicken noodle soup. But she could only keep up the charade for so long before her tribe tribe mates caught on to her rue is a ruse rue pun but it doesn't really work it's still not a soup but whatever uh her former allies came together to send missy to the jury and missy's ponderosa video was inspired by ashley from heroes healers hustlers featuring her trying to figure out what's my soup (laughs) (laughs) oh lord uh i mean i will say actually on a random note the ponderosa for aaron and missy is actually really nice so people have been like you know, have a bit of a sour taste about what Aaron and Missy did uh, in the game. I would say check out the video. Watch a little bit of them outside of the game, though it takes Missy a long time to get her head out of the game to the point where she and Aaron are giving a confessional and Missy is still like counting numbers in her head from tribal council as to like what she could have done and who blindsided her. Oh, man. I, on that note, uh, actually, is but, it, wait, is it one together? Is it a video together? Is yeah, it they, do it, they do it together. Oh, together. Okay. Before we move on to more fun and games, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back, so let's keep on keeping on. Actually, before we get into that, I do want to ask you, Matt, because you come from the Big Brother world where Julie Chen Moonves is very fervent of like, hey... When you get evicted, you only have like a few seconds to like hug people, say goodbyes and walk out of the house. What did you think about like the extended epilogue that Missy got once she she ended up getting voted out where, you know, she's able to, you know, tell Tommy, hey, I wasn't gunning for you when she definitely was. She found out that Elaine was the other vote. She then whispered in Elizabeth's ear to kill Elaine slowly and methodically. Uh, Did you feel like they should have pulled the cane on Missy in that moment? No, well, a question I've always had about Survivor, and it sort of got answered, and I mean always like forever, before I was even on Big Brother, it's something I always wondered, because it's always been like that, that he snuffs the torch, and then the people just get up and they walk away, and I've always been like, there's no way that it really happens like that, they must just like edit a ton of shit out, because there's so much that hap- like goes on internally, like you can't just get up and leave, you have to be like, you have to say goodbye, you have to be like, you know, fuck you, or what happened, <laughs> you know, there's like emotions that go on, I go, and but that never, literally never happens, every single person gets up and walks, so I'll go, okay, more must happen, but then this week, we saw what I assumed goes on every single time, mm. and they just show it, am I wrong, do people really just get up and walk away every time, or does that happen every time and we just happen to have seen it this time it's a good question uh, i don't know i mean from what i i would assume i think people are just in such shock that they just get but, up and walk away think about right? it like think about it i to me that would ha- that would happen but that would be i think the minority like even if you're just like oh come on really you know like there would be something like everybody would have some kind of like reaction or even if it was just saying goodbye or hugging your friend or something like none of that ever goes on and i'm like it must go on so they must just not show it yeah, I mean, again, I only have the one tribal council that I saw, and it was a very unique experience because it's like the first tribal council, so I don't think Ronnie's like yeah. hugging people goodbye, but he very quickly, and it also depends, I think, on the way you were voted out. Like, Ronnie was pretty blindsided and unfortunately, I think, a little embarrassed, so like he was very quick to just like get up, grab his torch, get it snuffed. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess Elaine was the one to start this, right? Because Ale- I think Missy was like ready to get out of there. She even like accidentally grabbed the wrong torch before Elaine decided to go over and hug her. And then maybe Missy sort of took that cue to be like, okay, let me talk to everybody and also uh, give Elaine a death wish, like, uh, you know, put a pox on her house to Elizabeth uh, before I end up getting my torch stuff by Jeff and just having a little bit of a freak out there as well. If only any of us knew somebody on Survivor, we could I know, ask. If only. <laughs> I know, if only. Uh, I mean, to be fair, uh, depending on the way that, you know, he got voted out the second time, I think he might have also done the Ronnie of just like, let me GTFO right now. I don't care about any of these people. I'm out. I loved, was it Boston Rob or Sandra who at the end was like, move it along. Boston oh, it was definitely Rob, Sandra. It was by far Sandra. Oh, that was Sandra, like, yeah, okay. all right, let's show, yada, yada, yada. Show's Wrap over, Missy. Up. Come on. I mean, yeah, I loved that. She only got voted out once, so maybe she doesn't like uh, have that experience of, and maybe Boston Rob was more 
I don't know, sympathetic because he's been voted out more times than Sandra. So he can be like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, it's a it's a heavy toll. Sandra was like, all right, I know it's me. I'm going to go now by Jeff. Uh, you know, she, to she, me, that is very much the expected reaction. Like what we saw this week is what I thought happened would happen every week. Hmm. Well, all I know is that if there's people cursing other people out and I've been missing out on that, I am very disappointed. Yeah, we need <laughs> more like, yelling. Yeah, we need like uh, the uns- once they've, I know they've been putting out the DVDs. We need like the extended survivor cut, not even just the whole tribal council, but just like the extended sequence, like unedited footage from when the final vote is read to when the person gets their torch snuff just to see whatever shenanigans uh, occur, like who's fist bumping who, who's cursing the other people out. Because I could imagine, I'd say maybe. 40% of the time, at least, someone does something that we don't see between, you know, the final vote being read and their torch getting snuffed. Oh, actually, speaking of when Missy was voted out, when Tom, or who did, it was with Tommy, and she was like, oh, I'm not coming after you. It's like, you just tried to vote him out. What do you mean you're not coming <laughs> after him? Yeah, yeah. You think that was a, was that a good move or a shitty move for the, like, the older woman to tell her, hey, it was me that did this? I, like, do I mean, it's, I mean, but it's I at the same time, like, we, we had this analysis of, like, I mean, again, she was very, maybe emotionally heated at the moment that she didn't put two and two together, but, like, of course she voted against you. Yeah. You know, like she's <laughs> with she's with Elizabeth, who's her closest ally. She would assume that Elizabeth voted with her, though I guess maybe she was even doubting Elizabeth in that moment. But like you think about it, there's five people there. I know Elizabeth definitely voted with me, so therefore the other three would have voted against me. But maybe again, she was her mind was just such in a haze at that moment where uh, she was like, "Oh wow, I'm so surprised that you voted against me." But it does seem like she's so game oriented that I think of all the people to tell hey I was just instrumental in your vote out I guess she would be the one to like be the most receptive to it Mm. but like I also kind of get it if even though like oh yeah duh there's only three other people they must have all voted for me there's something between having at least a little bit of suspicion versus in your moment where you just got voted out having somebody say to you yep it was me like that has I think a different effect and can you you know like Matt is kind of saying like you could argue it one way or the other of oh it could be a good thing because it's I'm owning up to it I'm honest I'm gonna you know save face you know it I know it let me just say it directly versus maybe sort of letting it fester for a little bit and not you know saying it directly when you're feeling hurt and then associating it with elaine because elaine just told you in that moment that hey it was me Hmm. well let's start moving on here and matt it is your turn to teach us a little something about literally any topic in the world so even though we didn't get any trips to island of the idols this episode we're still going to have some educational content in this podcast what have you brought for us to learn about this week? Okay, so uh, do I have to talk like Boston? Am I supposed to do this like Boston Rob? You know, <laughs> okay, so you know. Uh, no, um, that sounded like Serbian Rob, not like, Boston Rob. Was it? I'm, a, I'm, not, an, I'm not an impressionist. I don't know. Uh, so uh, as, as you may or may not know, I'm sure none of your viewers even know who I am. Uh, I love Halloween. And I love all things Halloween. So I was trying to tell what could we do that that would be helpful? A lesson I can teach you all that would also be survivor relatable because we want to bring this back to you to all of the fans out there. Right. So I'm going to teach you guys the lesson how to survive the killer. What do you in a horror movie? And because that's going to also help you. These lessons are very transferable to how to qualities that help you be good in the game of Survivor as well. I love this. You're being like the Jamie Kennedy to the rest of us at that party and scream. Ah, you know what? I didn't think of that. Yeah, maybe that's true. (laughs) 
Okay, so this is, here we go. This is performance stuff. So, okay, so the first thing is very important uh, is is it when you're getting, you got to know your surroundings, right? When you're getting, when Jason Voorhees is chasing you through the forest, <laughs> Crystal Lake, Camp Crystal Lake, you need to know where to hide and everything. You need to know where he's hiding. And you need to know, just like you need to know where the, the immunity idols are, you need to know where to sneak around to listen and spy on people, right? So this is a, these are good qualities in both situations. Mm. They're going to help you get away. Yeah, no, that's good. And then knowing like where, you know, your enemies are, where they're going to be talking, make sure you're not overheard along with overhearing other people. So that's good. Know your surroundings. Very important. Okay, another thing. This is not something really that you have much control over necessarily, but it's a quality that's helpful. Uh, you want to be, you want to try and be as attractive as possible because uh, then you'll survive. <laughs> because in the horror movie, there's usually not like the the really off putting, physically off putting person that makes it to the end. <laughs> yeah, you I, kind I, of find. Yeah, it's someone with a little bit of physical appeal. Now, it's not always the case. It's not always the case in Survivor, but it's a nice edge when you're getting a tribe day one, particularly in Survivor, and you just need someone to vote off. You're going to keep around the eye candy. And, and in, in the horror movie, you're, you're the, the, it, it, I don't know what it is, but it just is. It helps. <laughs> it's interesting because I feel like that's been like the whole thing about like the poverty 2.0 stuff, right? The, the names that all these people have been given. So maybe the trend has turned in Survivor, much like a lot of horror movies have sort of like, reinvented themselves in recent years survivor itself is reinvented of like no we're not going to take the eye candy to the end because they're always the final girl we're going to axe the final girl in like the first two minutes of the movie at this point mm. <laughs> you still have to be attractive though right so like i think maybe you're not the most attractive or is it the second most attractive <laughs> is that really you just gotta, yeah, you for? just can't be like a total troll you know right okay good don't be a troll huh <laughs> And okay, and then okay, so then I know another thing here. We have, we have four lessons. I'm not gonna drag this out. You can cut me off anytime, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Listen, we have a machete, but you know your surroundings and you know that we have a machete. So you're just trying to escape through the woods. Running through this. Uh, you need to know the specific weaknesses of your adversary. If you're getting chased by like a fucking vampire or something, right? You need to know that you can just jab a stake through its heart. But if you jab a stake through the heart of a zombie that's chasing you, you get your fucking head eaten off because it doesn't mm. work. You need to know the specific weaknesses of the people around you. And this is going to help you in Survivor in the same way. <laughs> right? Okay. I'm trying to think, like, what would be some specific weaknesses of some of our cast members? For Tommy, the redhead, it could be the sun. That could be his yeah, weakness. Exactly. Um, I think, uh, I, I don't know, Elaine, uh, it could the, be like, put Jeff Probst in front of her and like, she'll run in that direction to kiss the dimples. For Drew and Lauren, it's it's just the cameras themselves. <laughs> I'm a yeah, right. Uh, for Nora, it could be literally anything. Yeah, it could be just basically. I uh, know for Nora, it could be like you, you say, Nora, you've won immunity, and that just completely distracts you from anything. Uh, which, oh god, I love that moment. That was so goddamn funny when she just completely threw her thing up in the air, saying "woo," that everyone's like, "You lost this PB and J, Nora. God damn it." <laughs> come on nora uh yeah for karishma it could be uh, also anything managing to only gather two coconuts when you're gone for like hours <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like, you could you could it's basically i think weakness is like asking karishma to do something around camp right because apparently according uh, right. to nora she's like an 85 year old woman uh behaviorally so maybe it's the concept of i don't know uh her grandkids coming to visit her that would just send her in a tizzy her sleeping sitting up where like oh, inconspicuously was so fantastic it was amazing 
Well, I mean, I guess she was, she was up all night with rats jumping all over her face. That if this is the only place that can protect her from rats if she has the height advantage. Oh my god! It was like weekend at Bernie's though, because she like kind of looked alive. Like, is he all right? Oh, is she sleeping? She was. Was that what she was rocking in the um the hammock, and she was like sitting upright? Yeah, no, it was where was Dan bad? Dan came up to her and she was like, was "Hey, what, totally do you want to chop erect. something down?" Yeah. And she was literally sleeping, sitting up. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. But not leaning again. She was like her spine <laughs> right. was supporting itself. And okay, she was so sorry. Like, so Christmas narcolepsy is her weakness. Now we know. <laughs> uh, okay. What? Uh, what else? What else? Are we oh, and then finally, of course, that is an obvious one, but it must be said. Uh, you you can't be having sex if you <laughs> expect to live through a horror movie, and you can't be hooking up. If you expect him, uh, showmances don't work. Now it's more of a, a blemish in Big Brother, I think, or more not a blemish, but more of a. It's more. Uh, it's more of a thing in Big Brother showmances. Right. Survivor, you're dirty and gross and disgusting. Well, I would say yeah, the sanitary situation is much more of a to do in Survivor, but considering uh, the situation some Big Brother contestants have been caught in uh, in terms of their other relations, like it almost seems you, it's getting to one to one. There are day thirty nine survivors that are probably cleaner than day one Big Brother people sometimes, <laughs> based on some of the cast. Yeah, yeah, I would that say that you know, uh, I know that sis. They said like, oh, it looks like she's a Love Island transplant. But considering her sedentary habits, you'd be like, oh, it's just like she came off the Thirty Nine Days of Survivor. She played like two seasons in a row, and she basically has the same, uh, the same uh, cleaning habits. Took the, yeah, it took the same number of showers. <laughs> Exactly. Hmm. All right. Uh, so those are my lessons. Take them back to camp with you and do your best at tribal council. <laughs> I'm all for this impression. I'm loving this right now. What is that? What is that impression? It sounded like some sort of like cartoon dog that's trying to tell us about like how not to smoke. Like, make sure you put out the cigarettes before you go, uh, before you start a fire. That's great. That's my gimmick. I love that. Maybe Boston Rob should go into voiceovers then. Maybe that's sort of his next uh, image thing. Uh, okay, <laughs> so we're getting to our first game here, and I, I'm very excited about this because actually this is going to come from uh, I was inspired by something that you, Liana, astutely put out where this past episode, Elizabeth saw, even before, you know, she unfortunately had her two tightest allies go this episode, but before Missy left, she walked into the, she walked into tribal council and she saw Aaron on the jury bench and her face just sank. And Liana, you very astutely compared it to the shocked Pikachu meme. Uh, and so mm-hmm. it really gave me some thoughts about could we go through some of the best shocked faces in Survivor history and talk through how they sort of compare on a scale. So here's what I did. Uh, I created an album of some of the most shocked faces in Survivor history. If you all go to bit dot ly slash blindside 39 again that's bit.ly slash blindside 39 you can follow along what i figured we do is we sort of go picture by picture here i'll give the cast away from the season and just from a pure pictorial perspective and that's why i'm glad we have you here matt uh just because you won't need have any sort of judgments of who they were or what happened in the season just visually in honor of celebrity Big Brother standout Joey Lawrence, we're going to give each shocked face uh, a scale of one to five woes. So either <laughs> the one woe is a pretty bad shocked face, whereas the five woes is like, my God, your blindside face is amazing. So we're going to see who has one of the best blindside faces in Survivor history and how Elizabeth compares to them. Okay, sounds good. Have right. you ever integrated technology in this way in this podcast before? Or is this groundbreaking right now? Where the viewers follow along with like a, a visual link. 
Uh, we've done it a few, handful of times. We're pretty much cutting Amazing. edge. edge you guys technology. got your shit together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it's right. like it's this the new Tesla car. I mean, we're all pretty much. I mean, this edge podcast technology. pretty much is the new version of the Tesla car. We're very high tech, but we look janky <laughs> as hell on the outside, like super unappealing. You're like the uh, you're like the Zuckerbergs of the podcasting world, just uh, creating all this new. <laughs> oh boy! Anyway, yeah, let's, I, let's get into it. It's fine. I've, I've uh, been bearing a resemblance to him for nearly thirty years, so it's it's warranted. Uh, all right, well let's let's get into this, and let, let's start with the person I've been referencing. Let's start with. Elizabeth. Now, again, I've captured her look here on bit.ly slash blindside39. Liana, I'm going to go to you first, since you're the one that made her face go viral. One to five woes. What do you think of Elizabeth's blindside face here? I mean, again, this is this is the shocked Pikachu meme face, you know, mouth slightly ajar, nothing too dramatic, but she looks absolutely shocked. And it's amazing that she's able to do that much with so little, especially the fact I think that her eyes are bigger. Really, you get that shocked look. So um, for me, this is like pretty standard. I enjoyed it. I would give it three woes. Now, Matt, Elizabeth is a contestant on this season. Uh, she's yeah. an Olympic swimmer. She was Missy's <laughs> I recognize ally. this person. So what so what <laughs> do you what do you start. think about the uh, the face that you get? Because I mean you're a person who came from reality TV. You've been known to cause a shocked face or two during your time on Big Brother. How do you think her face compares? Okay, so uh I'm giving her a three, and I'm giving her a three, it's to me is kind of average because the face itself is good is good in the scheme of being a shocked face, but there's I, I find her to be one of the most loathful characters, not only this season, but in, in several seasons. Wow. So there's like a satisfaction to the blind side that makes me go. It would like it would be better like to me, a, a five, a five woe blind side face is a good face with someone who just I, it's unfortunate. And it's just, you know, it's like, oh, this is like just a terrible situation for her. Like, I was kind of happy that that's all happened. So it brings it down a little bit. Ooh, I'm interesting. It like a two or three. Interesting. Two so like the shot in Freud actually brings the score down because I, I feel like some people might be like oh it's a five because uh, elizabeth did some like pretty bad shit last episode and so she's so sort of i want to see here. the per you know i want to see like yeah i want to really i want to see just like everything kind of going bad for everybody <laughs> <laughs> i love you it person just everybody's a mess well let's move on here to the second face um my new best friend this week shane powers <laughs> from survivor exile island i mean I, I don't want to, you know, uh, do preference here for my newest BFF, but I'm going to this is a solid four for me, a nice four woer, because I think that, you know, the Shane is legitimately shocked and he is someone who is willing to let everybody know how he feels in that moment, both good and bad. So I think it's very justified the face that he makes. And I mean, the open mouth terror, I think, is just textbook Shane. So due to the verisimilitude and the actual face itself, uh, I'm going to say it's near perfect. Uh, there's still room for improvement, but I'm going to give it a four personally. He looks kind of happy. Like, happy well, I mean, shot. if you remember, he was so gloating about how he's going to have like a chocolate bar yeah. or an ice cream sandwich like uh, right there and then. Yeah, well, that's like the example of, you know, talking back after you were voted out to your tribe mates. Doesn't he like brag to them that he was yeah, going to go? I, have I want to see that uncut right, footage is him going through the entire list of stuff he's going to have at Ponderosa. This is just a snippet of that shopping list. 
His eyebrows look fantastic. <laughs> also, yes, eyebrows on fleek for Shane Powers. Eyebrows on fleek. Yeah, this is probably a four. I like it. What do you What's think, What's the uh, who won this season? This is where my memory is going to start going. Who won this season? Give me the uh, winner. No, it's fine because uh, Jeff would call him one of the most boring winners ever. This was a uh, Arish Bushkowskis one, but this was the season oh, with okay. Terry Deets and Serene. <laughs> okay, I remember. Yeah, I remember generic the, white guy. <laughs> generic yeah, white the guy, real yeah. dean. He was the pre-dean. <laughs> The previews, the <laughs> yeah, okay. So I kind of remember this guy, uh, but I don't remember like specifically. You're right about the eyebrows; they are really nice, honestly. Uh, he's actually generally really well groomed. For you know, this was the era of Survivor that it really started getting Club Med, where like Survivor wasn't Survivor, where it's like you're never starving because every other week you're getting a, a pot roast or something or <laughs> apple beans or whatever. Uh, and so, like, look at his look at his neck is not like sh- it's all shaven up, but everything looks nice. Skin's nice. Uh, Back to the blind side, I'll give it a three. Give us a nice average three. All right, well, let's I'm excited on. for the pot roast reward. Yeah, listen, Did I never get pot roast. I, I think I think they have like beef like stew when your ones. grandma. Your grandma comes and cooks yeah. some pot roast. Yeah, that, that's yeah, the family like, reward. Is if nice. someone ever, if someone, sweet. if Johnny Fairplay's grandmother went out there, maybe she'd bring like freshly baked cookies or some sort of like uh, roast that everyone could enjoy. Just something that she's is she for real dead or is she still alive? She's still alive. Watching Jerry Springer. That's amazing. That's good for her. Uh, let's move on here to Jason Siska, who has not an atypical blindside face, I would say. Uh, so, Matt, does the constipation element of the blindside face help or hurt his face right now? I love it. I love this one. The poop face. This is good. Let's give it. He just had a pot roast. <laughs> pot roast. Yeah, that, feel, that feeling when you just had too much pot roast after a war. <laughs> <laughs> no, was like, what was the story was he getting blindsided or is this his reaction to yeah, like he was uh, getting blindsided he got voted out with an idol in his pocket uh <laughs> who won this season uh this was the parvity season okay i didn't see this one i don't think oh okay so so just completely not knowing who this guy is what do you think I about this guy is i think this is funny this is and then knowing that it's him with an idol in his pocket this is a four-star one for me yeah, I mean, the fact this is Jason Siska and just like all of the crazy nonsense he went through on his season, in addition to the scrunched up face, like I don't even know how he makes his face stick like that. If I were to show this picture to my mom, she'd be like, don't make your face like that. It's going to stick that way. Um, So stick that way. So, yeah, uh, I would go with four. It's great. We got to stick with the grooming, too. Like that beard pattern is interesting. On his I know. Chin it looks like he, has, he has the triforce on his beard. I'm very curious. I like that. Four and a half. Yeah, he has the the opposite of a soul patch where like yeah, there's it's one like an immunity, it's like an immunity idol on his chin oh Ooh, the evolution like of the like game a secret immu- yeah, immunity uh, i'd like to play my beard it's an immunity <laughs> idol and then you get it shaved off <laughs> uh and then jeff says it's fake this is just a bag of hair um so it's i'm gonna just get, a toupee this is a this is a fiver for me because the thing i know about jason siska is jason siska can do literally nothing right in survivor like every right. decision that you should, you should make that's correct he did the exact opposite and includes it here where usually, again, people have a wide open mouth, like shocked eyebrows, nicely groomed and raised. And Jason just draws everything inward instead of projecting outward. This also is the one so far that looks the most like an emoji. So I'm going to give him uh, that extra credit as well. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. All right. Let's get a little more modern here. And this is not technically, you know, a reaction to her getting blindsided. But let's go to Aubrey, the standout of the Edge of Extinction jury. Liana. Uh, how do you rate Aubrey's shocked face here? Okay, so uh, my personal favorite is the Chris Underwood, <laughs> aka the winner, uh, right behind her. <laughs> um, 
Oh yeah, just chilling on the jury and me D. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is with she's got her hands lifted up um also so in addition to her mouth being completely wide open her eyes completely wide open this is so dramatic but it's almost too classic right like this is what you almost expect so i'm gonna give it a three here maybe shockingly Mm, what do you think matt no okay is this the one where the guy won after playing for like a week Uh uh-huh yep Okay. Uh, I love this one because this is like intense. This to me, I, I like Aubrey first. I know I've never met her. I don't know anything about her, but I, I think she was a fun player to watch. But uh, it reminds me of like those, uh, you know, those crazy religious things in the auditoriums where the guy puts a hand on that and goes, and the people oh, like, like fall back. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of something like that, which is like <laughs> wild intense. So this one's definitely a good four star one for oh, me. Oh, I love this. This idea of like uh, Jeff Pros being the faith healer. I've been like, I'm going to get the blind side out of you. Like you've been corrupted with the power of these <laughs> evil immunity idols. Uh, I mean, it's tough because like there was a big question at the time of like how extra was this? You know, how much was she putting on there? But as someone who has his own big reactions, I can't exactly throw too many stones here in the very precarious glass house that I live in. I'm gonna give it, you know, what I'm gonna give it a four. Uh, I think that you know it's it's fun enough, and I do like the involvement of the entire body as opposed to just the face. But I think the fact that she's not the one being blindsided also sort of takes away from it. You know, like she's the Robin Sandra in this case, just sort of watching it happen. Let me say something about something you just said. I, I didn't know. It sounds to me, I'm getting the implication that people are thinking, oh, this is kind of a little bit of a put on too much. But I will say she is, if I correct me if I'm wrong, she's like a super Survivor fan. So like as a super Big Brother fan, I remember when I was in the game, some of the fun, like the most amazing things were just like these moments where I'm like, holy shit, if I was at home watching this on TV, this would be cool. It's just like incredible that I'm sitting here two feet away from like, you know, mm. Reagan and Rachel. Like it's just crazy fights and insanity. So as a huge fan of the game, I think I interpreted certain things I was seeing differently than maybe a recruit or someone who wasn't a huge fan. So I get that she as a huge survivor fan is like right next to this thing that like a viewer at home is already thinking is crazy. And she as a huge fan is like, Holy shit. Like I'm seeing this. So I get this. I believe wow. this. That's an interesting. Well, point. I mean, yeah. That and like, there's no, like what other entertainment is out there, you know, right. There, like, there's the entire concept of Reem daily. Liana. <laughs> That's true. That's I mean, true. the guy behind her isn't reacting like this because he doesn't even play. Like, he doesn't even get to play, right? <laughs> yeah, not, I mean, not until later. Not until he wins yeah. later on. So yeah, he's, he's, he's just sitting there thinking, like, okay, who are these people? Like, <laughs> let me try to put the face. I mean, essentially, Chris Underwood was like, sort of had your situation, Matt, where he came and he's like, hey, nice to meet you. I don't know who you are. And it's like day 36. <laughs> he's also, he's quite, quite a dean. <laughs> yeah, he's quite a dean. Uh, let's move on here. Let's go to friend of the podcast, Randy Bailey. This is the face that Randy made when he found out that the hidden immunity idol that Bob Crowley made for him was fake. I believe on Mario Lanza captioned this picture. But Matt, what do you think about Randy's face here? I definitely didn't see this season, but just that little snippet you just said. I love when fake immunity idols are fooling. I like fool people. I just think that's always so funny. So this is a good one. I don't know much about it. So without context, I'm going to give it a uh, two and a half. <laughs> yeah, this one. Uh, this one is just a very like classic Randy. Like this may is maybe the most expression I've ever seen on Randy's face ever. Um, so, but it's you know it's nothing too out of the top or over the top. So I'm gonna give it a three. What do you make of Randy's eyebrows here, since they are prominent? Uh, not as much on fleek as uh, <laughs> Shane Power. Yeah, unfortunately, but... they didn't have a threading reward on Gabon that let people uh, you know tweeze those brows before they got butted out. 
Right, exactly. He needs a little brow gel and some powder, and then they'd look uh, fantastic, I'm sure. You know, I'm always going for the unexpected reaction here, so I'm going to go a little higher, probably going to go with like a 3, 3.5. I feel like it's also subtle, and that can sort of take you in both directions, but the fact that he doesn't have like a big open mouth reaction, but you can see the pure fury and surprise just behind those eyebrows alone is notable. I want to move on to one of my favorite ones. I I might just give this one the full five. Woos! Poor, desperate look into the camera after Cliff Robinson is voted out. It got to the point where I, I remember there was a Simpsons meme about this. The Bart Simpson, like, pausing, you could tell the exact moment his heart rips in half because this is definitely the, like, record screech. Yeah, that's me. I wonder how you, uh, I'm sure you're wondering how I got in this position. Like, this is just an incredible still image in general with Survivor. And so I'm going to give it the five right off the bat. Yeah, this is I, I, first I was like, man, is this from one of his commercials? Because doesn't woo like acting commercials yeah. and stuff like really showing his acting skills. No, this is so good. Just like the deer in headlights look of pure shock is so great. What do you think, Matt? He's looking right down the barrel of the camera, looking you in the eyes. Are you uh, receiving that eye contact back? Yeah, this is hysterical. This is a four and a half for me. The only thing that keeps it from a five is because I have one that I think is a five and I hate to disparage that one, but this is close. This is a four and a half. Yeah, so this is like, yeah. this, this is like your silver medal, not to give away your gold yeah, too much. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to a perennial reactor. Uh, you know, she unfortunately came to the survivor scene before gifts would be a thing, uh, but it would be safe to say that, like, she, I think, uh, she walked so Aubrey could, could run when it came to that edge of extinction stuff. Let's talk about Eliza Orleans. And I, it's, it was tough for me to only pick one Eliza reaction, but this is from when <laughs> Ozzy got voted out. Matt, I know you didn't watch this season, but she was a, a jury member here. But she literally is putting her hand to her heart as in, I'm going to go into cardiac arrest watching this blind side right now. Liana, what do you think about it? Oh, this is lovely. The clutching your pearls. And with that, like, classic 200 or 2000s, like, shirt on, like, I definitely own shirts like that. Um, This is good. I mean, this is this is such a classic for me with Eliza here. So I'm going to go with a four. Yeah, this is getting like a four and a half for me. I just love the image of, you know, having the vapors to quote something from like the antebellum South. And I feel like this is the best representation of it, of like, be still my beating heart. I can't believe that Ozzy got voted out. And again, uh, to Matt's point, like you would say, oh my God, she's being so extra. She's overreacting. But Eliza at that point was such a giant super fan of the game that, I mean, it was a, an incredible moment to watch. So I'm sure she was literally letting her heart bleed out. And maybe that's why she put her hand to it was to, to stop the bleeding a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perhaps. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I- I really, I love Eliza. I love her on screen as a character. I, all the interactions I've had with her, just interpersonal, have been fantastic. She's just great. She's hysterical. And, uh, and I get everything you guys are saying. I, I totally feel this. I, you're right. I have not seen this particular uh, season, but this is Eliza and this is a good four for me. All right. Let's move on here. And this is one that I think I personally forgot about, but, but I had it, uh, brewing on the survivor subreddit. So thank you as always to the subreddit for providing this. And this is a guy. By the name of Mikey B. I'm always have a soft place in my heart for Mikey B's. Uh, he got voted out in the fourth episode of this season that Eliza and Jason Sisko were on, fans versus favorites. And he has one of the most dumbfounded reactions that I think I've seen from any, not only any piece of television, but like any piece of humanity in general. So, I mean, it's so random and almost underrated that I kind of want to score it like a four, a 4.5 just based on that. But Matt, what do you think about this face? 
Well, I'm distracted because I don't know who this guy is, but uh, he looks like strikingly, strikingly like uh, no one anyone know a friend of mine. If a friend of mine were like on an island and got kind of shaggy a little bit, but I mean, like very much so. So I'm kind of weirded out by whoever this guy is. Uh, I'm going to give him a two. (laughs) I think I uh, Mikey B strikes me as somebody who actually would get killed by the villain. Like he would not know to follow the rules. Um, I think what shocks me the most is somehow his mouth is it's asymmetric, so it's yeah. open. But like, how does he make one side of his mouth more open than the other? It's amazing. I don't know. Maybe he's like a puppet. Like maybe uh, he's like he's like uh, some sort of weird muppet that's allowing his his mouth to move around because there's a hand inside controlling it. I mean, yeah, he's got the hair for a muppet, so I can. I don't know anything about him again, but he has the impression to me like this was a blindside of someone who it wasn't probably <laughs> too hard to blindside, you know. Which to me makes it a lower a lower mm-hmm. woe rating because it's like it was easy. Am I wrong <laughs> to say that or no? No, it was pretty easy. No. Yeah. So yeah, see, that makes it like it's low. You have a lower potential for a high woe rating if you're just a, a dumb dumb. Right. All right. Well, let's move on here. I'm really excited about this one. This is an infamous survivor reaction arguably one of the biggest survivor gifts in the show's existence so much that it has transcended the show in a good way this is from survivor gabon where you have corinne and sugar with hands over their mouths and you have my favorite maddie just grinning like an idiot in the background in response to i believe it was marcus getting voted out so i guess we could sort of like look at them on the whole, I don't know if you want to single people out, Liana, but w- what do you think about this picture in terms of the, the woeness of it all? It's kind of one of those. It's close to the Renaissance, like modern Renaissance painting kind of deals. Maddie's shit eating grin is just so amazing. And the fact that this has become a meme that's propagated outside of the survivor world, I just have to give it a five. Mm. What do you think, Matt? Okay, I need I need to give you guys a little background based on everything you just said. So first off, I've I've never seen this picture in my life. Amazing. So what? Okay, yeah. Uh I've also never seen the season. This, however, was my five because it just tells a story. Like yes. I don't I don't need to see the <laughs> yes. season. I don't need to see any I don't need no context. This is absolutely fucking amazing. <laughs> whatever's happening here. And I do, however, recognize the woman on the right, from an anecdote, I can tell you if you're yes, curious please. about this. Yes, please. We need to hear these sugar stories. Get in, sugar, yes, that's her name. Uh, before I get into this, uh, what's the, what's uh, is she a friend of the show or anything? No, 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 no. Okay, so this is like, you talk about tangential. If they, and please edit this out of the final thing if you feel this is boring. Um, so back right when I got off of Big Brother 12, uh, you know, when you get off a reality show and like all of a sudden you meet like every fucking reality person in the world for like Mm. that first year and then you just never talk to them again. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was in that year where I just meeting everybody on all these dopey shows. And, uh, somehow, uh, Sugar came across my radar. I never seen her season of Survivor. She's very nice. Very, very super nice. And, uh, and so of course you do the thing. You mutually follow each other on social media or whatever. Shortly thereafter, she went on some sort of rehab show for mm. drugs. We're like, everyone on it was all way fucked up, but she was on it for pot. And uh, and I was friends with Reagan for my season. And I, for whatever reason, we found this. Uh, it was like funny. It wasn't like a big deal. It was just like something that had mentioned. Like, oh, it's funny. There's someone on there for pot. And she's this chick from Survivor. And uh, so 
one day, and I don't remember why this was, Reagan and I were talking about, uh, and this is probably now <laughs> six, eight months after Big Brother's <laughs> over. And uh, Reagan and I were just talking about like handing off our social media just to fuck around with each other. So I said, yeah, if you want to, if you want to be my Twitter for a, a week or a day or whatever, go ahead. I don't care. So I got, and I didn't tell anybody, I gave him my password. I would do whatever you want. <laughs> now for reasons I don't, I can't explain to you. He went and found sh- something sugar tweeted and replied to it as me in like really like me kind of meanly i don't remember what he said but like kind of meanly jabbing at her about being addicted to pot oh in like God. kind of a funny way like i it's funny but like totally like out of nowhere like poor sugar talk about a blind side this is probably her reaction she's like what the fuck is matt hoffman who i have no like i met him once eight months ago picking on me about this pot addiction i had and then she blocks me and reagan this is all in the span of like a day so so i go i reagan why'd you do that he's like i don't no, you told me I could do whatever I wanted. I'm like, give me my Twitter back. And I have since never heard from or spoken from, from Sugar ever again. And I assume that she currently to this day thinks that I like probably hate her. I'm a total <laughs> asshole or I'm like picking on her for it. So that's my Sugar story. If that's, All right, that's amazing. I don't know. All right, so this picture now represents Sugar on the right is herself. The left is Sugar's followers on Twitter. And Reagan is Maddie in the middle, just grinning <laughs> like no other. And Matt's like off cut out of the picture. Like whomever's yeah. standing next to Corinne, that's Matt. <laughs> oh my God. That's an incredible story. Uh, okay. So, so let, let's, let's move on here. Cause let's go to the man himself. Uh, it's very, it's very rare. You know, Jeff Probst has been to so many tribal councils. He very rarely gets shocked. Uh, but this is actually his reaction from actually the same tribal council that produced the Aubrey crazy response. Just his reaction to all the insanity that's going on. So Liana, how do you rate Jeff Probst's shock face? Okay, this one is a two compared to the the face he had when he was talking about writing names down on a parchment oh in God. this episode. Did you guys catch that? He looked like an absolutely crazy person. His eyes just sort of bugged out of his head. Um, it was very terrifying. Um, that to me was probably uh, more intense. Like I would give that one a four. And then in comparison, I would have to give the one that you have pulled Mike a two. Uh, I actually sent the picture in the chat. So if you both want to, take a look at yeah, that. Yeah, so, so to describe um, this picture um, for people who might not remember so basically, yeah. Jeff is obsessed this season with like, wow you're all having important you. conversations and then, like, you're gonna go in and then you're just gonna go into cast a vote and then pen on a parchment. And he's, I guess, doing a, an impression of, like, someone holding up a vote to the camera, but I think I'm going to add this to the album, Liana, for people to see who are listening at home, because, yeah, he looks manic. This one's great. He looks like he could be the killer here, Matt, like chasing people through the jungle. (laughs) Totally. I love it. Yeah, this is actually I found it. So I found several versions of this, but this one from the subreddit, the title is they say this is the last thing you see before you die. So very fitting. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that. I think people have been uh, also Photoshop again, like, I don't know, fork and knife in his hands or just like various other things like. This is a prime Photoshop picture. So maybe from that regard, uh, I might have to give the one I pulled a two and give this one like a four or a 4.5. What are you thinking, Matt? Yeah, I mean, one thing I love about probes like far over the Chen Moonves bot is that he really is. I think he's he's he loves the game. I think he's really invested in it. Some fans, from what I understand, to a fault. 
to maybe too invested, but I love that he cares and he's like, gets excited. So I'm rating this a two because I've seen Probst excited a lot. It's one of the things I like about him. Even during challenges, he's like fucking mm. jacked up and I like that. <laughs> so this is just to me like another, another Probst thinking tribal's cool. So I'm gonna give it a two. All right, let's do our final face here. And it's an iconic face from a season that aired. Actually, maybe that we've seen this face like as of five years ago from San Juan del Sur season 29. Alec with his just open mouth. I don't even know if this is a blindside face, to be honest, or if he just has zoned out in the middle of tribal council, treating it like it's algebra class. But Matt, I'm very intrigued to hear your reactions to this face, whether it's surprised or not. I do love this one. Here's the thing. It, my vote, my, my vote kind of changes. If it's a blindside face, I get to like a three, maybe if it's a, if it's a, I'm just fucking exhausted and zoned out. Don't know what the fuck's going on right now. Kind of face that, that ups it to me. It's funnier to me. He's just, he's just kind of look good. Uh, and that's like a four then at that point, four and a half. Yeah. This is just a, I'm a dumbass Christy face. <laughs> See, I love that. And that's a, that's a high one for me. And the interesting yeah. thing about like his, his uh, facial hair here is that he is, is on the jury at this point. So this, is actually like the actual groomed facial hair. And no that's what way, this really? Here. Yeah. yeah. Come on. This yeah. looks like this looks like uh, like the reunion show. <laughs> you, <laughs> I think he would do well as a Big Brother contestant. That's <laughs> that's what I think. He's a crazy person. <laughs> he's, a, he's a meat collector. I know uh, certain people were seeking that out in Big Brother as well. So I guess it's <laughs> part of the course. But yeah, I mean, uh, we we rated a good amount of blindsides, and we found out an, an incredible story about how Sugar has Matt Hoffman blocked on all accounts. So I consider this a win-win right now. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I did all right for you guys. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. So I I actually have a question. So uh, Matt, if I were to say the nickname Big Red, would you know which Survivor contestant I was talking about? He's on this season. He's on this season. Yeah. I guess the, it would be the, the only guy with red hair, maybe. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> gonna, so yeah. I don't. I don't know if that's. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a contextual master, but. Uh, <laughs> no, my the, guess. the deductive reasoning was off the charts here. Uh, yes, that is the nickname of Tommy, which I had never heard him called that before this episode. But Elaine referred to Tommy as Big Red, so I just wanted to gauge the uh, what we think of this nickname. So, Mike, I don't know if you had any thoughts about uh, Big Red, aka Tommy. I guess. <laughs> well, it's tough because I don't have the best history with Big Red. As a concept, you know, I feel like growing up, we had like those four types of Wrigley gum, right? There was juicy fruit. There was double mint. There's another one I was forgetting about. And then there was big red. And I was never a big fan of spicy things as a kid, which seems like the most on brand statement I've ever said in my life. <laughs> uh, so the fact that there was like the cinnamon gum that was produced just always drove me away. So I have a negative association. I like Tommy in general. So maybe he can bring that around. But I, I do love just the. uh the cheeky nickname of Big Red, I really hope it sticks. That, you know, if Tommy makes it to the end and Elaine votes for him, all she does is write Big Red on when she puts the pen <laughs> to the parchment and writes down Big Red. I like to think also that Elaine just came up with this and no one else calls him Big Red, but Elaine does because that's a very oh, Elaine sure. thing to do. <laughs> just sort of like take this nickname. Um, I thought Redwood might have been another good option because he's tall like a tree. Um, so, you know, if he's in the market for new nicknames, that was also an idea that I had. Um, also, apparently, he's only seems to be allowed to speak in school metaphors. Like he's always talking about the most popular kid in class. That was another thing I noticed about Tommy. Like he's a teacher, so I just wonder if that's sort of par for the course for him. Yeah, I wonder to me if. if go ahead. 
Oh no, please. I was gonna say if Tommy if Tommy was not a redhead, he'd he'd fall into like plain white guy category to me. That's the only yeah. reason I know who Tommy is is because he has red hair. I wonder if maybe <laughs> maybe he dyed his hair before going out there to be like, look, I gotta stick out, you know. I don't know if my teaching metaphors will get me there, but damn it, if I have red hair, at least somebody's gonna notice. Maybe someone will come up with some sort of kooky gum based nickname around me and then I'll be in business. He should have, he could have branded himself Big Red is what he should have done. Like in Big Brother, see, I know you guys watch Big Brother. We have these idiots that come on and like without their real birth given names and then they'll like put it on a T-shirt. You know, so that happens a lot. It never happens on Survivor for obvious reasons. More well adjusted. But these are the kind of people on Big Brother. But maybe we need someone to come in with like a Big Red T-shirt. He's like, oh, I'm Big Red. Well, last season we had Big Wendy in terms of the self-appointed nickname. Maybe Tommy wants to call himself Big Red, but he wants to separate himself from Wendy, who was one of the kooks last season, and so wanted to be like, no, 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 no. I know people ordinarily call me Big Red, but like, keep it on the DL, Elaine. Okay? Because I don't was want to Was Wendy the Wendy. Uh, chicken-loving Tourette's girl? Yep. Yes. I loved her. She's so fun. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I don't... I think she had... A, did she have a necklace that said Big Wendy? I don't think she had any t-shirts, but uh, she had the jewelry, I think. Um, also, some, you know... Well, maybe... Well, do you, if, I mean, like you said, like, I don't know if, if the production can allow a lot of apparel out there. Could he maybe like shave it into his head so people knew that nickname? Well, yeah, I mean, they get spa rewards every week. You can always upkeep that, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, easily. just shave it in. Um, it's better than the reverse soul patch. Um, Mike, I think, though, because, you know, you did mention that it's a gum brand. I just wonder if it would be copyrighted or something. And like maybe if he tried to shave it on, they'd have to put tape over it or like a bandaid over it. <laughs> yeah, like how uh, Crazy James and Big Brother had to like uh, bandage up. Like, wasn't there like a Mr. The Clean? Tattoo. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Clean tattoo that he had. So yeah, maybe I had a co- I had a tattoo I had to cover up. It was uh, it's uh, it's like an ass, like a person's butt that's on fire. It's like flaming, and that was the only <laughs> one tattoo they made me cover up. Everything else was uh, fair game. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, maybe maybe uh, Tommy has a tattoo of like a crotch on fire, and they had to cover it up. Like, look, I know you have red hair, and it makes sense, but like this is too risque for television. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's what happened. <laughs> um, okay, all right. So I want to get into our next game, um, which uh, is coined Name That Idol. So first of all, huge shout out to Jamie, a listener of the podcast who helped put together, who pretty much put together this whole game. Uh, so Jamie tracked the quotes from either the Island of the Idols idols, so Boston Robber Sandra, or went and pulled quotes from the American Idol judges idols. So the way this game is going to work this is, is incredible. I'm going to read a quote and then we'll go back and forth. So the first quote will be for Mike, then for Matt. And you will try to guess, was it said by an Island of the Idols? idol or an american idol judge a listener um, did this all yeah listener oh, that's so amazing. Great. So yeah, great. seriously jamie amazing um had this idea early at the beginning of the season and then we've sort of been tracking it um throughout to get enough quotes but anyway so uh if you guess the correct idol <laughs> then so you first you just have to say whether or not it's either boston rob or sandra or one of the judges from american idol then you can get a bonus point if you correctly guess which of the idols said it specifically so like randy jackson or paul abdul or boston rob are we talking okay. like og idol judges or are we including like yeah. keith urban no, and Nicki minaj OG. No, okay. no, no, this is OG, I only know so, yeah, Randy, Paul, Paul and Simon. Yeah, not even no Cara the- Guardi yeah. quotes going on here? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no hosts either. Um, okay, so Mike, we'll kick this game off with you. So here is the quote. 
The best teachers that I've ever had throughout the course of my life were the ones that actually showed me how to do things by doing them themselves. I think that I'm pretty sure Boston Rob said that in the first episode about the the fire making versus Elizabeth. Okay, so yes, that's correct. That was Boston Rob. So you get two points because you correctly identified that it was the Island of the Idols Idol and Boston Rob. Okay, Matt. And the episode even. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, no points for that. (laughs) Okay. Um, There's not room for both of them. Okay. Uh, would that would you say that may have been said in a British accent, possibly or no? <laughs> yeah, Leon, can you please do it in a British accent? No? Or, or more of like an East Coast accent. All right. Uh, I'm gonna say that. Uh, I'm gonna say that's 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 gonna be American Idol, and the the judge that said that is going to be. We're gonna go with Simon, and if you want to get arrogant like Mike was, it was uh, season two, episode twelve. <laughs> So close. Um, unfortunately, no. It was the wrong show, <laughs> wrong no. season, yeah, well. wrong person. <laughs> so uh, that was actually said by Sandra on the Island of the Idols. All right. Well, next uh, time, give me a whole paragraph to analyze okay. and give him like three words to figure it out. Okay, got it. All right. right. Thanks. Okay, okay, sounds good. Brevity is wit. <laughs> See you next round. <laughs> okay. So next quote. This is for Mike. Somebody once said to me, "You've got to know when to leave the party." Ooh. I feel like, listen, Paula Abdul has partied a lot in her lifetime. So I'm going to go with American Idol. I'm, I'm going to say it's uh, Miss Straight Up. Uh, so, yes, it was American Idol, but no, think more British accent. That was Simon who said that. I'm very surprised that Simon Cowell goes to parties, no. to be quite frank. <laughs> well, he knows when to leave them. So That's true. He just left them forever. Right. OK, Matt, here is your paragraph. Sometimes you maybe want to stick your feet in the water before you jump in. Okay, I actually feel like I think that was Boston Rob on Survive. I almost feel like I remember that. Am I making that up? You are not making that up. That is correct. It was said by Boston Rob. It was someone who like did something just like, hey, yeah, I want to take this, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was when Nora immediately said, like, no, I'll be the caller, right? Mm-hmm, I think so. It was one of those. It was someone whenever they just like jumped in. Like I think Elaine also. It might have been about Elaine when she just immediately took whatever the deal was. Um, okay, Mike, this quote is for you. He's like a pair of old pajamas that you know feel good. Ooh. So I know that Paula Abdul has been rather lustful towards the American Idol contact contact of old uh, to the point where I believe one of them she did have an affair with. But Randy Jackson also is like the man of the metaphor. I'm definitely feeling American Idol. I feel like Boston Robin Sandra don't want to even speak about pajamas, considering how much they're roughing it out there on that island of the giant heads. So I'm going to say it's the dog pound man, Randy Jackson. Close. It was Paula Abdul. So you got the point for the idols, the right idol, but the wrong idol judge. <laughs> uh, so, yes, that was said by Paula Abdul. It sounds a lot more salacious when it's coming from Paula Abdul as compared to anybody else on that panel. Do you think Boston Rob and Sandra have pajamas out there? Do you think the they, ha- they might have like little monogram pajamas of like his and her? Oh, that'd be so cute. <laughs> Maybe Rob built some of those considering he already built the mansion. Now he's like building them apparel and utensils and everything. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have a snug, I think you need pajamas. Uh, okay, Matt. Uh, dude, you gotta love dogs, right? 
Okay, that has to be Randy Jackson, right? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. That is Randy Jackson. <laughs> no other, no other option. Do you think he was here. talking about like? Because I don't know the dog pound was a reference to like with dogs, dogs or was it. just like talking yeah. about dogs in general. Like D-A-W-G no or D-O-G? What was the spell? <laughs> uh, it's D-O-G. So oh. actually the animal. I'll have to ask Jamie about that quote. But yeah. Oh, and uh, anything about dogs. All right, Mike. She's got the makings of a winner. We need an older winner. Oh, that's Sandra about uh, Miss Janet. Yes, there uh, there were a few Sandra quotes to pick from. So that was that was definitely Sandra. All right, Matt, this quote is for you. You know what I like about this? You adapted in the face of adversity. I think we're going to call this a win. Hmm. That sounds very survivory, like much more than something you would say in the context of a stupid <laughs> yeah, singing competition. You were able to sing that Dolly Parton song despite being yeah. an alternative rock and roll guy. But maybe it's a trick question. Like maybe this person, uh, maybe they had some sort of ailment, like their throat, they were sick. That <laughs> something. You know, it's going to be a trick question. Uh, and what kind of adversity do these survivor people have? They get to like leave work and hang out on an island for a month. I mean, no one's really has any, you know, it's American. I'm going to go American Idol and I'm going to, and I'm going to say it's something. Paula always says weird shit that like is totally off kilter. So it's a Paula quote from American Idol. <laughs> Um, I like the logic here, but unfortunately, no, it was Boston Rob. So it was about when uh, Vince had to go like get the like sneak into the tribe camp oh, yeah. and steal the fire. Oh, yeah, that was funny. That was and great. He, he just like filled the water bottle with ash. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that guy. He was a, yeah. he was a kook character, too. He was funny. Yeah, he, he was. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's what that quote was about. All right, Mike. You've got a big mouth and you're controversial. You're going to get attention. Ooh, that sounds like a Simon Cowell, like a uh, backhanded compliment if I've ever heard one. <laughs> That's correct. It was Simon Cowell. Do we, do we know what contestant he was speaking about and if they did get a lot of attention? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Jamie, uh, you've already done so much for us. Watch it be, watch it be about like up. Clay Aiken or somebody like very nice. William, <laughs> William Hung. Yeah, exactly. A classic William Hung burn. <laughs> uh, okay, Matt. I want to squish you, squish your head off, and dangle you from my rearview mirror. Jesus. Wow. That, that's okay. The exact same explanation for my last reason for picking Paula is the yes. same reason I'm picking Paula yes. this time. She's yes, up for yes, mine. Yes. Yeah, I, that, I think that you, that you should have played correct. a game of did Missy whisper it to Elizabeth or did Paula Abdul say it about a contestant? Because that sounds very similar. <laughs> Yeah, really. I read that one. I was like, oh, I have to include this one. <laughs> I know it's immediately Paula, but come on. Um, okay, so that brings us to the end of the game. Mike, congratulations. Uh, you won, but Matt, it was very close. You only lost by two points. So Unfortunately, this well does mean that Paula Abdul is going to cut off your head and hang you from her rearview mirror as a punishment. Yeah, yeah well, if uh, you wanted someone to win the game, you should have brought Hayden Moss on your show instead of me. So. <laughs> Burn. Um, actually there were some other funny quotes from Simon Cowell but uh, they were pretty obvious one of them though was if your lifeguard duties were as good as your singing a lot of people would be drowning <laughs> Ooh. which I thought was pretty great I, wonder if, uh, I mean Janet has been a godsend in this season but I feel like if she if she made some like giant boneheaded errors people would be able to say the same thing about her right <laughs> that was my first thought I was like how do I make this about Janet like would it make sense how dare you Liana 
So I want to talk for a second. I I had sort of like doted upon what I wanted to speak about. Uh, I was thinking about is Dean a secret Swede? Because uh, apparently one of our listeners, Stefan Johnson, said that apparently Swedish people like to roll up their sleeves all the time. And Rob called out Dean on that. But I ultimately settled upon the way they divided these people into two different groups this episode. And this is the second time, I guess, third time in Survivor history that we've seen this happen. And it's been random each and every time. And obviously, people can sort of get screwed over by that, by both the people you're competing against and the people you're going to tribal council with. I think, you know, one big reason why both Aaron and Missy suffered is because they got separated from each other. But I guess, could we think of some other creative ways they could have divided up the castaways uh, other than just, hey, draw a a purple rock or an orange rock, and that's going to determine who you go to tribal council with? Uh, yes, I, I have a way to do it. So you split up into three different groups based on who is your favorite OG American Idol judge. <laughs> so you get the Paula group, the Randy group and the Simon Cowell group. Does it ha- It has to be even, though. So I guess is it like, well, I'm sort of like between the two. Like, OK, you're technically I know you're a Randy fan, but you're going to be a Paula fan for this. Sort of like how they usually divide up the tribes and Survivor to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're sort of a healer, but like we'll make you a hustler. Just don't tell uh, anybody. Yeah, it fits the theme. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could have uh how do, what was that one family reward challenge or it was the family visit with the rocks in Heroes Healers Hustlers where they just drew colored rocks. Right? So you have like, them like play with each other. Yeah, they like play against each other or something. Maybe rock, paper, scissors, that makes for really great TV, I'm sure. Mm, or we could they could do like bubblegum, bubblegum in a dish. Uh, but Tommy would take a lot of offense to all the gum stuff going around. Be like, just don't stick that under the desk, children. <laughs> well, I don't know. Wait, what is that? What is bubblegum bubblegum in a dish? Uh, you never did it. Yeah, it's like the that's like the what's the one with the tiger? The stepping on a toe and stuff like that. Those tiger toes. Uh yeah. Yeah, basically everyone puts their hands in the middle and you just sort of like go around bopping fists until someone ends up but it's always that one thing where like when you're an adult and you don't you know how to count, you basically know who's gonna win the game like right when it starts. Right. And then you look back and go, how are all, how are we that stupid that we, we didn't figure that out immediately? Yeah, someone fixed the game from the beginning and we didn't even realize that. Oh my God. Or what about, did you guys ever, uh, those things, the, um, co- I think they were called cootie catchers was the things you fold in paper and then you would like, it was like red and then you go R E D and then you pick the numbers from the inside. Yeah. And that's your four. Like you're going to die alone. It's go oh, great. Yeah. 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 Oh I got a six year old girl. We, I just started learning. I had to le- relearn how to make those goofy things. Cause she was, yeah, they're crazy. Yeah. And maybe they could have done that. We're like, that's how your color gets revealed based on the choices that you make. Right, exactly. You like unfold it and then, you know, and maybe also a fun little prediction also along with the tribe. Um, I think that could be a or good way to do it. You could open up to, like a reward of some kind of like, immunity. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you just won immunity and you're on the purple group. Oh, or it's like, oh, you have cooties. None of the girls want to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you have you're now uh, cursed. You lost a vote because you have cooties now. You picked the wrong little flap. You have to live in the Boston Rob head for uh, three days or something inside oh my god i don't know why this just popped into my head but that made me think of the trojan horse but it's the boston rob head and you just like wheel it into camp yeah (laughs) how would someone try to pass that off like oh i got you a gift elaine i know how much you love boston uh, rob that's how the guy should have snuck into camp to give you know to do his mission (laughs) he should have wheeled in a big head and been inside it they would have thought it was a gift 
Like, oh, they got us. Oh, the other tribe got us this wonderful giant Boston Rod. How sweet. Wow, they really have a lot of downtime over at the other tribe to make this head. Well, I guess we'll keep it in show right next to our fire. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. amazing shit. Oh, I love this. I love all these ideas. Maybe Survivor can use these in the future. Just all these childhood games. Maybe they'll play like uh, seven heads up, seven up, and like the first five people out become one group. There's there's a whole bunch of ways to go back to the playground. Uh, do you think they're going to do something like really amazing or catastrophic with the with the heads on camera? Like, are they going to like blow them up in the final episode or like push them into the ocean? Or it's, a good, it's a good point shit? because we've had you know the whole like in the past when they when they uh, did those sort of like final uh, I think it was called like rites of passage where like the final two or three castaways would like take the torches of the people who uh, got voted out and they like burn the head on exile island or like <laughs> destroy boston robinson yeah, exactly they'll be like they'll go to island of the idols they'll put all the torches in their mouths and then just light them all on fire oh, it's gonna be so great you know what's gonna happen right i'm i would love that that would be amazing uh if only well let's move on to our final segment on the bnb the question of the week last week's question of the week how would you make a survivor themed birthday party i don't even know if we want to give our own suggestions because i have so many good ones here that I want to read out that were both uh, suggested ideas, but also like real life, you know, ideas that people had for survivor themed events, which thank you to everyone for sending stuff in as per usual. This is awesome. It makes me feel like I had a very like survivor deprived childhood to not come up with any of these ideas. Mm -hmm. I love it. All right. Let's start with Casey Abel, who says, uh, super excited. First time writing in. Thank you for writing in Casey. For my 18th birthday, my friends were forced against their will to play survivor. The tribe buffs, of course, were cheetah print and a funky flower pattern, of course. As all the players who vaguely knew what Survivor was went home pre-merge, it was quite chaotic later in the game. Well, that sounds like some Survivor seasons of the past. Uh, the season was full of dramatic moments, like my friend going home with two idols in her pocket <gasps> the round after she stuffed the voting urn with more than double the amount of votes that were supposed to be cast. <laughs> I want to stop down for a second and just talk about this, because this is amazing. I can like see this is why we need both fans and recruits because when you get recruits they get creative <laughs> with how they're gonna cheat in the game that's very important oh I love this and like you know what maybe this was Kelly Kim and maybe it's just even more uh you know wrong of a, a move for her to not play her two idols last episode and that sh this is how she went home at, at Casey's 18th birthday party mm-hmm yeah I wonder do you think you could try to cheat at regular survivor do you think there's any way to do that? Like, yeah, no. try to stuff the ballot box? Well, I don't know, because I don't know how Jeff Probst would react to, like, being like, all right, five five votes, first vote, second vote, third vote, fourth vote, fifth vote, sixth vote, seventh <laughs> vote. Like, it's pulling out, like, the magician's scarves, just, like, ballots upon ballots. Right. Yeah, do you guys notice? It seems to me, and this is just off memory, though, I could be wrong. When they when they chose them walking up and writing the name on the parchment, they there is, like, a stack of parchment, and they take one, right? Like, so they yeah, could take yeah. two. Or is there only one laid out for them to use? No, there's there's mm -hmm. a there's a pile, uh, but you know they, right. they have the instruction to only do one at a time, unless you're somebody who is able to cast an extra vote, but even then has some pomp and circumstance to it. And, and I'm sure if they did end up doing that, they'd get, either get chastised by the person who's behind the camera, or they would just sort of like rip up the vote and throw it into the fire as sort of like a, a show of dominance of like you do not do this; these are not the rules of Survivor. Do you know if there's rules to what you can put on your parchment? Because I know sometimes people draw little pictures and stuff. Can you do is it no holds barred? No, as see, long as you, write you can name, draw can pictures, but you have to write a name. There was one point in a very early season where people were using like very out there nicknames. Uh, one notable one was Bye Bye Denver Diva. And Jeff Probst actually called them out by being like, guys, 
no nicknames. If I don't know who this person is referring to, like, I'm not going to count the vote. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to keep reading this story from Casey, though, because it goes to a weird place. Uh, so we had the one friend who went home with two idols and also stuffed the ballot box. However, the most iconic moment was when my dearest friend was fully aware that she was being targeted as the first boot and managed to find a used menstruation pad on my front <gasps> lawn, and she convinced herself yeah. that it was an idol. At the first tribal, she presented me with the idol, much to my surprise and disgust, she was booted unanimously. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. No, thank you. I mean, Why was it on the front lawn? That's the weirdest part of all of <laughs> I mean, look, if we, uh, if we make fun of Jason Siska, I think we found both the Kelly Kim and the Jason Siska of this party. Poor Casey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is legitimately no. insane. No, 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 thank you, no. Oh my god, um, Josh Green says, for a survivor theme party, you need to have hiding and blending in with palm fronds, you need to learn the art of burning socks, you, learn, you need to learn to make fake idols that look more real than season 39, uh, shots fired at me, you must never mention the horrid phrase, quote, we are going to Survivor Guatemala, and last but certainly not least, Every survivor measure, you need to come to the birthday party 31 days late and steal all the presents. Oh, also, you obviously have to serve Applebee's for food at your birthday party and never, ever, ever serve a mountain of pizza because that's not a thing. And don't make that a thing, Jeff. <laughs> um, I Okay, so first of all, I love the series of activities that you could do at your party that are all survivor related, but they're all just like pouring out the rice burning socks hiding stuff i know but like these poor <laughs> like parents the are gonna have things. to like clean up from this disaster thing where it's just destroy people's personal property yeah exactly burn down the shelter what are there some classic survivors uh getting naked for uh you know peanut butter and chocolate yeah, you can't get any cake until you get naked yeah kill a chicken kill a chicken yep kill a chicken or release the chickens either way oh. or both perhaps yeah so yeah um let's see melissa says not quite a birthday or a wedding idea, but a couple weeks ago, my rugby team had a survivor-themed rookie initiation night. The hidden immunity idols were, a, were hidden with a Smirnoff ice, so if you found the idol, you also got iced. Okay, can that be incorporated into actual Survivor? Absolutely! I okay. love this idea, because, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, Karishma found the idol and she had to, like, convince everyone she was sick when she came back uh, to the well this episode, imagine... Finding an idol, but then like coming back actually pretty soft because you haven't eaten anything in a month and then you just had to down an entire Smirnoff ice and try to pass Smirnoff yourself ice. off. <laughs> they cast like all 19 year olds for yes. a season where they get excited about Smirnoff bros. ice. You know what, what is this? Yeah, next, next millennial versus Gen hey. X season. They're going to get pumped yeah. about it. It's like it's like one tribe is uh, these bunch of like 18, 19 year olds. And the other tribe is their parents. And they're like, oh, mom and dad are away. We found their Smirnoff ice. So, you know, it's getting hammered and stuff. And the parents are trying to. Yeah, but it's all like, you know, a bunch of those stupid trends from a while ago. So it's like, yeah, dude, we're going to drink Smirnoff ice and go planking. Yeah, exactly. You know? We're going to do that- the, uh, the Harlem Shake and then we're going to do the freeze yeah. challenge where Jeff walks around with the camera to try to film us frozen. We'll build the shelter later. We need a dab first. <laughs> Yee, we're going to tribal. <laughs> Liana, do not spoil the, the episode quotes for next season already. Oh, of course. Sorry. sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Logan says, Rob and Sandra are the party hosts. There's an advantage hunt and the food is distributed via auction. However, if you want an item, you can nullify, steal, or block an item from a party guest 
If Rob and Sanya dislike you, they take away your right to eat at the party. I do love this idea of Rob being like, all right, you have to compete against me in this thing, this three-legged race, and if you lose, I get to take your cake away from you. <laughs> yeah, also, if he could chastise the contestants or the uh, the party-goers, I think that's also probably a good thing. I just would love to hear that story told, like, ten years later. Like, yeah, do you remember Chris's party? Man, remember that guy yelling at us, telling us that we made a bad deal? Man, that was weird. And then that other woman was teaching us how to, like, uh, crawl oh. on the on the lawn to be able to, uh, to get our cake back, and then we ran to that menstruation pad while we were crawling around there. Ew. Uh, Sean, the great Sean Yennel says, I actually planned a Survivor-themed birthday for my wife a couple years ago, complete with a slide puzzle, ball game, and a fire-making challenge. I made sure to get her a buff of her favorite tribe of the season. By the time her birthday came around, the pre-merge was over, and it was time for the finale. Unfortunately, there were not many Malolo to root for. So, unfortunately, uh, maybe, you know, uh, Malolo to look back on in terms of the party, but I would say this is an awesome husband move to host right? a survivor yeah. party for your That's wife. Cool. Yeah, but you get but you get uh, you get points, advantages, whatever. Uh Dan Sinensky lists three elements of a survivor themed birthday party. One, have a sad birthday party complete with a sheet cake without frosting, black conical party hats, a piñata that's just a cube, etc. Get Ryan Ulrich's mom to drag him there and then bait him into comparing it to tribal council after your tribe keeps losing. I totally forgot about that. I know it's like 2 years ago at this point, but uh, Ryan Ulrich was really the Randy Jackson of making metaphors when it came to uh, tribal council with uh, tribal council being a sad birthday party. So Dan is essentially inspiring people to manifest that for Ryan himself. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's a deep pull, but then I was like, oh, that was only two years ago. <laughs> yeah, remember it was that and it was selling the tricycle. Oh, yes, yes. I remember that. That was very odd. Uh, Parker says, not a birthday party or a wedding, but I recently convinced my best friend to watch Survivor from season one. So my best man proposal to him is going to be survivor themed with a puzzle or two, a Mad Libs, and possibly a custom buff. Oh boy, do I have a custom buff for him? It is what was the one we talked Yo, about? The last Cincinnati week? Insurance <laughs> Company buff from yes. 2012. What a classic buff! Also, what is a best man proposal? So it's when you uh, ask someone to be the best man in your wedding, uh, Matt. I don't know how you did it, but I sent my best man a pair of underwear in the mail along with a note that said, I'll be brief. Will you be my best man? Wow. Yeah. And again, a uh, generational thing here, kids. I just said, Hey, uh, you're my yeah. best man. Is that cool? And he's like, yeah, cool. And then that, that was what happened. It was like, uh, via, uh, just, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sounds fun like, though. Guys. Make it a whole hut. No, you gotta make it a whole thing. Is that a thing? Yeah, I don't know. Listen, it, our generation missed it. Yeah, our, our generation missed out Dab on the prom posals, so I guess we had to do something else. Some sort of like yeah. weird. See, platonic we didn't even proposal. we didn't have that either. We didn't have prom posals. You're just like, hey, we're going to prom, right? Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. the Reb Nose Reindeer says, "Hot take: The best location for a Survivor birthday party is Chuck E. Cheese. There are rats screaming, a challenge type playground." And questionable conspiracy theory pizza. Hmm. Now, it's been a long time since I've been to a Chuck E. Cheese, but that sounds accurate to me. My mom actually calls it yucky cheese. So, I mean, again, that's very apropos considering the reputation towards Survivor Pizza. I'm also glad I initially read it as there are rats screaming, uh, but I'm glad you put a comma in there because that would have been I I don't remember (laughs) seeing screaming rats on Survivor. Well, the one that landed on Karishma. Yeah, but it, it wasn't screaming. She was. She was screaming. Right. True. Uh, Hannah says, 
what about a Survivor-themed bot mitzvah? And she tweeted this to us, a picture from a photo booth that was Survivor-themed of, uh, I, I guess it's just, you know, people in a photo booth. It had a background of, like, a tribal council set. The logo was for Survivor Hannah's bot mitzvah from November 8th, 2008. The lower third says, we survived Hannah's bot mitzvah. And the front picture is a picture of, I guess, this is Hannah uh, with a buff on her head and wearing a Survivor t-shirt. And th- this is absolutely incredible and absolutely made my week. How old are you when you bought Mitzvah? I'm roughly? about like 12 or 13. Oh, no way. That's so amazing. How fun. Crazy. Yeah, this is this is pretty cool. I love I love the quote that we survived Hannah's bought Mitzvah and then the green screen picture of her in front. Uh, that that should be done for every single part. Hey, send this to me in the chat. Day. I want to I want to join yeah, in let me, on let me this. Yeah. I'm also very what? confused because I can't tell if Hannah is both in the picture and like the person in front. Uh, so like, is she doubling herself? Uh, and that her and her family are posing while she is also posing for her own bat mitzvah photo shoot. This yeah, is that's awesome. What makes it amazing. Yeah, I really love this. This is this is so wholesome and so amazing. <laughs> the background and everything—it's so great. Uh, and, <laughs> and finally, the Nick that spooks says: once you have a guest list, ignore them and instead send a notice to everybody else you've ever known, informing them that they have been voted out of attending your birthday party. How would you feel if? Some like distant friend from college just randomly sent you a card that says you've been voted out from attending my birthday party. Honestly, I'd be pretty honored that they thought of me enough to not invite me. Like, what is it that Nora said? It's better to feel it's better to dislike someone than to be ambivalent towards them. So, yeah, I think that's a win. (laughs) I guess so. By comparison, I guess they're thinking of you, right? That They're like. Well, yeah. I definitely won't invite Liana, so let me send her a notification acknowledging the fact that she's not invited. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm on board for that. So next week's question of the week. So there was this random moment in the episode where uh, they were at camp enjoying their PB&J, and then there was a random close-up to a message painted on the tree in bright green paint that said, Hope is dope. I'm assuming that comes from Missy, but it begs the question, if you were playing Survivor, what would you paint? on a tree and maybe it's a big tree maybe you have a lot of uh, a bark to paint on so length is not a concern here maybe height you have a bunch of ways you can uh, reach out to us with this answer you can always tweet us using the hashtag rhapbnb you can write us rhapbnb at gmail.com we'll review all your answers and much more with our guest next week a member of not exactly a big brother player hopefully one in the future and a member of the big brother community the great Amon Adwin is going to join Liana and I to talk about next week's Survivor episode. Super pumped to have him on back on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, in exactly. The US. So everyone get your Applebee's, uh, you know, dig into whatever other treats you may be digging into. Maybe your grandma's pot roast that she brought out to the island. <laughs> Stuff yourself to your heart's content. But Matt, we are certainly glad to have a little bit of treat of Matt Hoffman this week uh, to, you know, jumpstart the, the Thanksgiving season. Thank you so much for coming on, for letting us view sugar and a brand new light. That really is the thing that I'll personally take away from this podcast. Uh, For people who want to follow you on social media to catch up on your various musings, how can people follow you? Yeah, you can. I'm on Twitter at Head of Hoffhold, which is annoying. I don't know. Search for me. Of course, we talked about Cameo. By all means, if you want to hear me babble on to you in person, you can find me on Cameo. I like these survivor schmucks that just go, hey, happy birthday. (laughs) 
Uh, and yeah, and then Sugar, if you're listening, uh, sorry, you know, I, it wasn't me. So uh, let's be friends again or whatever we were. I hope that we were able to heal the relationship. Yeah, maybe it was destroyed by Reagan. You were a bitch. Yeah. She was real nice in like the, the small interactions I had with her. Uh, well, Liana, how can people catch up with what you're doing and what do you have going on in the pod sphere at large? Yeah, so you can find me on social media at Liana Boris. Uh, in addition to obviously covering, sur- covering Survivor, uh, Puya and I talked about The Mass Singer this week, um, which we are getting down to our top uh, I think we're at the top seven now. Um, we're not going to have an episode this next week for Thanksgiving, but that gives you plenty of time to catch up because then it's only a few short weeks until we have the finale. So definitely want to catch up with everything going on there. I will also say that uh, this podcast from last week was an all-time high for the mass singer especially if you just want random banter from puya and liana it was just a <laughs> literal train of thought podcast that i thoroughly enjoyed yeah my sister asked me she was like what were you on during that podcast yeah, so Angela and i were in the car the yesterday and then we're like okay all right it's it, i mean listen liana i've done enough podcasting with you that i know like those types of moods you can be in and i was very much here for it Oh, yeah. I tried to make a bunch of puns that really didn't work at all. So uh, if you want to hear some pun failures, definitely check that out. Listen, they've been listening to the B&B for some time. They know their way around pun failures, hopefully. True uh, that. And you can always follow me at a Mike Bloom type. I know that the exit press was a little dicey and a little dramatic this week, but I was able to get some email interviews with both Aaron and Missy that I thought were super interesting. It sheds a lot of light into their games in general, including their respective perspectives on everything that happened last week and the comments that they made. So I highly encourage people to check it out to just get their side of everything. Super insightful. Of course, I'm going down the hatch with Josh Wiggler every week. Uh, If you want to hear Josh Wiggler talk some island stuff, especially in lieu of the unfortunate but understandable news that he's stepping away from survivor coverage. We have plenty of lost stuff going on and we will in perpetuity so be sure to check all that stuff out and liana and i will also if you're interested in some rupaul's drag race uk stuff and you want to uh hang on you know as a post little uh, pumpkin pie after your turkey the weekend after thanksgiving there might be some stuff coming your way in your feed after you feed thank you all so much for listening uh to all these shenanigans uh let us know any other game suggestions that you might have special thanks to those of you who have sent stuff in so far obviously uh we Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games But I pray to your mama that they're not super lame And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games But I pray to your mama that they're not super lame And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.